Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to another show of The Talk with Micah and Friends. It's Season 1, Episode Podcast, Show Number 2. And I'm so very happy to have you back with us once again, all right? So thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to what I have to say. How about that? Didn't that rhyme? All right. But before I go into anything else, I just want to say a heartfelt. This is very heartfelt, guys. I may sound crazy right now because you're animated. You know, I'm animated. But thank you so very much for all of you that have listened to my podcast show. And I, I, I hate saying my because it is our. It is something that I am um, putting out there so that all of us can be a part of it. And as you see over the course of the months and maybe even year, I'm not going to say maybe. I'm going to put it out there and even year. So many people will become a part of this. You know, so I um, thank you so very much for, you know, starting it up, helping me, you know, get the crack rolling. And um, I thank you for everyone that took the time out to listen. And we had a whopping uh, 1,360 downloads, or you can say downloads or streams, but we had about 1,360 of those in the first 24 hours. So that's from Wednesday, 12 noon, to Thursday, 12 noon of last week. We had 1,360 streams, okay? or downloads, however you want to word it, but I'm ecstatic. So either you did it from your phone um, and went to it from Facebook, you did it on your computer, or if I sent you the link, as I sent some of my friends who were not aware of it, sent it to them, and they, they listened to it that way, thank you so, so very much. I must bow down gracefully to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so, so very much, okay? Appreciate all the love. And we have a wonderful show today, guys. You know, this time you get to hear my friends, you know, so we, got, we have a, a wonderful roundtable discussion that's going to come up just a little bit. You know, I have five individuals that you're going to want to hear <laughs> their take on gay relationships, quote unquote. So uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But before we do anything, we must go ahead and get to our free and clear, free and clear segment, okay? And I just want to let you know before we even get into the segment that if you if you have anything going on in your community, whether it's a, you know you got some New Year stuff going on, you got some Christmas stuff going on, you got a party going you know in your neighborhood, you got any type of um, uh, HIV awareness groups or walks or runs or breast cancer, cancer, leukemia, all all that, whatever you have that you want your community to be a part of, let us know. Pages too, yes, indeed. Let me know so I can go ahead and get those things out there, okay? Well, we're going to go into our free and clear segment. But before we go into our free and clear segment, I'm going to play a nasty old beat. And this is actually dedicated to one of my friends on Facebook because when he listened to the show last week, the number, the, the, um, the music that I had playing was uh, Britney Spears' Work Bitch, right? He loved it. So I have this just a little tinge of this little nice little beat. Um, this is by B. Ames. And this is Cuz I'm Pussy, the Vogue beat, the Queen beat. And when we come back, we'll go into our free and clear, free and clear, free and clear segment. Yeah. 
All right. Yes, because I'm pussy. All right. Welcome to the free I'm clear segment. We have a few things that we need to announce. We have a few things that we need to confirm and reaffirm. But before we do any of that, I want to just, you know, be serious right now because um, I am a little animated. Um, but I want to be serious right now because over the past week, we've lost some individuals in our community um, that meant, a, a, meant the world to, you know, their friends and their family members. And because they are a part of the LGBTQ community and this is our show we have to, um, you know, pay, you know, our tribute and condolences to those individuals and their families, okay? So I just have a few names, and then once we do that, we're going to just take a brief moment of silence, okay? All right. Um, DeMarco Cherry Love of Chicago, Illinois. Um, Jamie L. Rivers of Jacksonville, Florida. Jamal Gotti Paris of the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Justin Fuller of Alabama. Percy Robinson of the greater New Orleans area, and then we also had just recently, and really recent, um, Mr. The Icon in the ballroom community, Mr. Tony Milan. Um, we lost him just the other day here in the here in the District of Columbia. So I just want to, you know, send out um, my heartfelt condolences and everyone listening. Let's just keep their friends and family members uplifted in prayer because it is never easy losing someone, let alone anyone. Okay, all right. So we're just going to give them a brief moment of silence about 10 or 15 seconds, and then we'll go, um, go on with the segment, okay? All right, and we are back. So there are some corrections that need to be made. Um, no one told me about them. No one even said, you know, hey, Micah, um, that's not right or that's wrong or that's incorrect. But I listened to myself talk, as I have, you know, before even publishing this thing. But I listened to myself talk the other day, and I said, you know what, that's not right. That's not right. So guess what? I'm going to make it right today. All right, last week I said that your Miss Heavenly at Large was Savannah Santiago. That is incorrect. That is incorrect, people. Your Miss Heavenly at Large is actually Lindsay Page. Lindsay Page is Miss Heavenly at Large, okay? Them girls get $2,000. Maybe I need to go ahead and gain me some pounds and, you know, put on a wig and a dress and some makeup. How about that? But, yeah, so Lindsay Page is Miss Heavenly at Large. But Savannah Santiago, let's not sleep on her because she did win something, too, all right? Savannah Santiago actually won Miss Bold and Beautiful International Plus. Miss Bold and Beautiful International Plus. So go ahead, Savannah Santiago. Get your thing. Get your thing. Get your crown. Get your money. Get all that good stuff, okay? Um, but we do have some congrats. We do have some congrats in order because, as you know, last week I told you I was going down to New Orleans, Louisiana to judge a pageant. And the pageant was Miss, Mr. Excuse me, and Miss Diamond of the South. Mr. and Miss Diamond of the South, and they had 10 lovely contestants, five on each side. They were Carlos Dupree, Alphonse Dupree, uh, Dejan France, Chauvian Davenport Delier, and Xavier Edwards. That was on the guy side. On the female side, we had Jalay Sanchez Alexander, Miss Dore Saunders, Daphne Dupree, Monica Ova King, and Tony St. James. All right, your second runner up were Chauvian Davenport Delier. Angela Sanchez Alexander, your first runner-ups were Carlos Dupree, 
and Miss Doray Saunders, okay? And then your winners, I like to call them Mr. and Miss Dupree, Alphonse Dupree and Daphne Dupree. They are the new Mr. and Miss Diamond of the South 2014. That was Alphonse's third attempt, so guess what? Keep on trucking. That's, you got to keep on trucking, babe. You can't give up. Third time's a charm for him, and from my understanding and what he said in question and answer, he wanted to go out, you know, that was going to be his last pageant. So he's retiring from male lead or male entertainment. I'm going to say male lead. He's going to, he's going to retire from competing. Let's just put it that way. Okay. But you guys, y'all got to stop saying, telling people you're going to retire because I always seen about two, three years, y'all say, hey, I'm here, I'm back. And But Alphonse has done wonders in the community um, as a competitor and as a, um, as a king for various systems. So um, we wish you the very best, Alphonse, and as well as your queen, Miss Daphne Dupree. All right? Now let's see what else we got going on around this camp. We have a Miss Don't Hate Diva pageant. Miss Don't Hate Diva pageant in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's the official preliminary to Miss National Diva. Never heard of it. Honoring Elaine Davis. And um, it's going to be on December 20th in Club Ch- at Club Chasers. Okay, the categories include interview, talent, question, answer, and a theme costume. Let me repeat that. Categories include interview, talent, question, answer, and a themed costume. Now, I don't know what the theme costume is. I try to find out what, it, what they really meant so we can get some more information to you guys. But guess what? I don't have none. So theme costumes. So whatever you think a theme costume is, if you want to come out as Zorro, if you want to come out as um, Queen Sheba, if you want to come out as Robin or Batman or Superman, whatever, honey, I don't. Just come out in a theme costume and be judged and scored accordingly. Okay? All right. Um, what's next? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We have a few events going on right up the street, not the, up the street, down the street, around the corner from me. It is a Mob Wives House, excuse me, Mob Wives of Richmond County presents a Mob Wives Christmas Extravaganza. I know I messed that up. I'll say it again. A Mob Wives of Richmond presents a Mob Wives Christmas Extravaganza 2013. They're going to have exclusive powerhouse triple threat performances by None other than Miss Entertainer of the Year, Raquel Lord, a former Miss Black America, a former Miss Black Universe, a former Miss Florida SI, Jasmine Bonet, and a former <laughs> contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race from Season 2, Mystique Summers. They're going to have some special performances as well by Bessie and the Decoys. Millennium Snow, the reigning Miss MMI, and Victoria C. Snow, the C stands for Captivating, who's the reigning Miss Nations with a Z. They're going to have a dinner show that's going to be on December 19th. They're going to have a dinner show starting at 7. They're going to have the extravaganza at um, 1130. And um, general admission is $15 in advance and $20 at the door. So if you are in Richmond, it's going to be hosted also by my girl Miss Vega Ova. Okay? So if you want to go down and you want to check them out and you want to um, have your nice little dinner and then have Raquel and Mystique Summers and Jasmine Bonet entertain you, go down to Richmond, Virginia, okay? It's going to be on December 19th. That's on this Thursday. Will I be there? Well, next on the agenda, we also have 
The Marvelous Marvel Productions present a night with the legend, celebrity impersonators, Saturday, December 21st, 2013, showtime is at 8 p.m. December 21st, that's this Saturday, that's my birthday. Will I be there? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> the tickets are $50, $65, $75, and $85, and you can go to Ticketmaster and get your tickets for this event. Trust me, on a serious note, I definitely believe that this is going to be an extraordinary event. Um, you're going to have Miss uh, Joanna Blue, Sabrina Blue, Monet Dupree, Nicole Love Dupree, Tommy Ross, and Sabrina White. That will be your cast of stars. And they're going to be, you heard what I said earlier, celebrity impersonators, right? Okay, so you're going to see Miss Bette Midler there, Reba McIntyre, Cher, Erica Badu, Whitney Houston, Diana Ross, Billie Holiday, Patti LaBelle, Barbara Streisand, and the Tina Turner Review. That sounds good. That might be a cute little birthday treat. All right. Who's going to pay my way? But I may go. But it's going to be in Baltimore, Maryland, okay? So guys of you that live in Baltimore, live in D.C., you know, live in Virginia, live in Philadelphia, PA, hey, come on down and, and show those ladies some support, okay? Also, another plug I want to, and I do free advertisements around here, free plugs. You don't have to pay around here, okay? I, I, this is for you. This is for the community. So if I'm reaching out to 13 and now 15, 1,600 people, you know, in the course of some days, then you can get some good business, okay? So while the advertisement is free, you better take heed. How about that? Okay, so I'm going to shout out this young lady. Her name is Ferris. Abdamal, I think that's how she. I think that's how she says her name. I don't know. Ferris Abdamal. Okay, she's on Facebook. Her telephone number. I'll give you that in just a second. Hold up. Wait a minute. I got to tell you what she does. If you have a nice photo of yourself, you're a king, you're a queen, you're doing this, doing that, and you want a nice little flyer or a nice little promo, nice little flower uh, flyer for your event or a promo. Guess what? She can hook you up. And she has some good services. She actually has same-day turnaround. Y'all can't get y'all sports ones and gals in the same day. Y'all can't even think of a talent in, in two days. So guess what? Same-day turnaround service. Nothing beats that, almost like the dry cleaners. All right? So, and she, has, she only charges you $50. That's good. Cause some of, well, I'm not going to go there. But Ferris of the Mall. <laughs> okay, Ferris of the Mall. I kind of like that as I'm saying it. Now I get it. After all these uh, years, child. Ferris, off them all, you can look her up on Facebook. But I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just put the flyers, all the flyers and things that I have here that I'm announcing to you guys, I'm going to put them on the Talk With Mike and Friends Facebook page, and I'm going to put them on my page. No, I'm not. I'm going to put them on the Talk With Mike and Friends page so you guys will be able to see it and you'll be able to judge, you know, go uh, accordingly um, or govern yourselves accordingly to what I have posted, okay? All right, all right, all right. Do I have any more events for the free and clear, free and clear segment? Well, no, I think that's it, guys. I think that is all that I have right now for the free and clear segment. We're going to go into our next segment, which is the roundtable discussion, baby. And let me tell you something. It's juicy, but it's going to be yet informative, okay? And we're going to have on, on the line, we're going to have Trinity Royale Jones. Yeah, I know her, Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to have... Julius Morris 
formerly of Houston, Texas, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I know him. We're going to have Chris McKinley, also known as Kelly Ross Hall, formerly of Savannah, Georgia, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia. You know him. Timothy Jackson, also known as Kyron Iman Dickerson of Houston, Texas. Oh, yeah, y'all know him. And Mr. Kowalski, Washington, also known as Mr. Kobe Tejure Black or Kobe Black. <laughs> you know, he's a native of New Orleans, but baby, he's been living in Atlanta for 15, 20, almost 20 years. So they'll be on the line and we're going to have a discussion. So I'm just going to tell you, sit back, relax, enjoy, listen at these girls and guys, you know, hit it off and go at each other, okay? All right. So just give us a few more minutes or a few more seconds. I'm not going to let you wait that long. A few more seconds, and we'll go right into our roundtable with Trinity, Julius, Chris, Timothy, and Kobe. Welcome, everyone, to Episode 2 of the Talk with Micah and Friends podcast show. As said earlier in the show and posted online, our topic of discussion this week was centered around gay relationships in today's society. So, guys, I finally have some friends on the air with me to complete the show's title, which is Micah and Friends, to discuss some issues and burning questions when it pertains to relationships within the LGBTQ community. So I would like for each of the guests to provide us with a little info about themselves um, before we start their actual roundtable discussion. So we're going to go ahead and start off with our very first guest. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris McKinley. I'm 26 years old, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been in a relationship for about 13 months now. Hi, everybody. This is Trinity Jones. I am actually 43 years old. I'm currently in Atlanta, Georgia. And I've been married to my partner for the past, in March, it'll be 11 years. Hello, everyone. I'm Kowalski Washington, a.k.a. Kobe Black. I'm 37 years old. I'm currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia. I am single, but I am dating my ex of three years. Hey, everybody. This is Julius Morris. I'm 27, but I'll be 28 every Friday. Um, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia as well. And I've been single for about three and a half years now. Hello, everyone. My name is Timothy Jackson, a.k.a. Kyron Iman Dickerson. I'm 24 years old. I currently reside in Houston, Texas for a couple of more weeks until I venture out to New York. And I am way beyond single. I have been single for over two and a half years now. Okay. And my name is Michael Lawrence, and I am 31 years old. <laughs> I currently reside in the District of Columbia, I am very single and have been for the past three years and ten months, but, hey, who's counting? But I want to thank you guys so much for introducing yourself to our audience. And for some of you, I'm so sure that this will not be the last that we will hear from you on this podcast show. So let's go ahead and begin the roundtable discussion concerning gay relationships. All right, so let's go ahead with our first topic, and it is, what's the biggest misconception when it pertains to gay relationships? And I'll repeat that. What's the biggest misconception when it pertains to gay relationships? Anybody can have at it. 
I'll start okay, off. Well, I think I think one of the well one of the biggest misconceptions is that people lose sight of the serious aspects of the gay relationship. I don't think people always consider the the marriage aspect or living together or the sharing of finances and bills. You know, it kind of just becomes just an extension of the lifestyle and the social media representation and the pictures and the fun. So and it's, it's, it has much more depth to that, or at least it has the possibility of much more depth. Okay. Anyone else? I think uh, one of the biggest misconceptions is communication. With gay people, there is always a lack of communication uh, with the wrong person. Uh, I believe in gay relationships. Uh, we like to chat about our lovers and mate with our friends uh, more than we do to uh, our actual mate. And I just feel like if we were just to communicate more with your mate, a lot of relationships would be a lot more successful. And that in relation, relationships are 100% based on communication. That's the way you guys that, I mean, communication is everything in a relationship, so I just feel like if we had better ways or knew better ways to communicate with each other uh, in a partnership, then gay relationships would be more successful. Okay, and, and, and Trinity, since you've been um, with your partner for 11 years now, give us, you know, give us your take on it. Well, thank you for that. Um, actually, I wanted to say that the biggest misconception that I've run across is the fact that people think that there's a difference. Because my world transfers over to from the GLBTQ and I world into a straight heterosexual world with me having two children and two grandchildren and then hanging out with my other friends and associates, there is not much of a difference. We both on both sides of the fence struggle for rights. We struggle for uh, education. We struggle to make sure that our children are safe. We struggle to make sure that the guarantee is safe when it comes to school. And that's the same thing that gays and straight people are concerned about on a daily basis, no matter what type of relationship you have, you're in. So the biggest misconception that I could run into is the fact that there's a difference. There's a difference because we are in a same-sex relationship, but when it comes to the dynamic overall, relationships are pretty much the same. We have the same concerns. Mm-hmm. And family, mm-hmm. of course, is first. Most definitely. Julius, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, Kobe. Um, The biggest misconception for me, I would have to um, relate back to uh, um, the initial comment that was said by Chris, is that our relationships in the gay community, most of us do not take them seriously. Uh, Most individuals in the lifestyle does not tend to think that gay relationships are those that are committed to individuals. When we in the gay community get in a relationship, we tend to think that the biggest misconception is that it's about sex and the images that we portray and being out in the club and having fun. But it's much more than that. You want to build a relationship with someone where you can have stability and you can share a home and possibly adopt children if you don't have any of your own. Um, it's the lifestyle where you do want to have that white picket fence and be with someone for a long time, longevity, and possibly marriage. But in this lifestyle, the biggest misconception to me is that most individuals just get into the right, into this relationship thing for the moment, and it's not long term. Okay. And Julius? To me, I think the biggest misconception is that gay relationships try to mirror heterosexual relationships. I think okay. that it's really important for people that are in a relationship with the same sex realize they're in a relationship with the same sex. Um, a lot of times gay relationships try to 
create like a male and female in a relationship, and that's not what it is. So, you know, you always will have someone, of course, that may be a little bit more dominant than the other, but okay. I think a lot of mistakes are made because people feel like they have to identify with what a heterosexual relationship is like, and because it's different, you can't mirror that. Okay, great. I, I, think, you, I think you guys brought up some valid points in regards to the, mis, um, the biggest misconception, and um, especially, you know, Julius, I, I definitely love your point, and uh, Trinity, I'm just saying personally, I love yours as well. So, But all in all, those are some biggest misconceptions when it comes down or when it pertains to gay relationships. And um, it's funny that Trinity said that in regards to, you know, this should really not be a separation. It's just a relationship. Um, that may be just the biggest misconception because someone um, inboxed me yesterday. Her name is Emil um, from, New, um, from New Orleans, and she said that was that's something that she wanted um, one of the topics to be. So I said, you know what, well, let's go ahead and let's start with this one. What's the biggest misconception? So we thank you for that topic, Emil. Another one, uh, and, I, and I think we're going to get, you know, deep down dirty when it comes down to, to the next few questions. Is being faithful hard, okay? Before you guys go and start, you know, attacking that question, rather than answer this question, I'll ask another question. Is, um, no, excuse me, if being faithful is easy, then why do so many people cheat? And have you asked your partner, if you have one, if they've always been faithful or their thoughts on cheating? So, again, the topic at hand is, is being faithful hard. But rather than answer that question, I'll ask another question. If being faithful is easy, then why do so many people cheat? And have you ever asked your partner, if you have one, if they've always been faithful or, or their thoughts on cheating? So who would like to start off? I'll start off, Michael, but the shit, okay. that was a lot of questions. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I know it was, so just tackle it. Just tackle right. it. It's, it's a discussion. It's not a question. And then it's mm, yeah. I get it. Okay, my thing is that I personally, I don't think that being faithful is easy. I think being faithful is hard. Uh, why I say that? Because temptation is is out there and it's everywhere, everywhere you go. Everywhere you turn, there's always somebody that's going to look better than your lover, going to treat you better than your lover, or do some stuff that your lover don't do that you don't know about. So I just think that it's so hard to be faithful. But it takes a real man or a real woman to be faithful because at the end of the day, you have to think about the whole picture. Uh, is is a nut worth uh, losing your lifestyle with your partner or uh, the house and home that you have built? Is that more important? And that's why I think a lot of people mess up is that they let that Thirty second of that orgasm, um, pretty much determines <laughs> the rest of their life, or however else that they filter out everything with their lover, because just for that one moment. But temptation is not, and definitely being faithful is not easy, but it's very doable. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody. We are itching. <laughs> I know, right? But, no, I don't think that it's easy. I think it takes a commit, a strong commitment to be faithful. And I think so many people cheat because we as lovers don't take the time to build security in our relationship. And to me, insecurity is the basis of all cheating. You know, if, if we take the energy to say, you are beautiful, I love you, I don't want anyone else but you, yeah, I'm going to the club, but I'm texting you, I'm thinking about you, you know, just take, just do little small things to make our relationship pure and our lovers content you know, mm-hmm. that they will see a decline in cheating. 
But, no, I don't think that it's easy to do, and I don't think that people, you know, do it for not caring. But it, it's, it's insecurity, you know, insecurity that based, I think, people's cheating in their relationships. And as far as do I ask my lover, have they cheated in their past, I am completely uninterested in the details of my lover's, you know, ex-relationships. Like, it doesn't interest me, it doesn't motivate me. And okay. I, yeah, I, I just don't see how it can how it benefits me personally. Okay, now, before anyone else tackles, I, I do have a question. You say you don't want to know that part, okay, but why don't you want to know? When it, when it comes down, and I'm going to say me personally, if I'm dating someone, I'm getting to know them, or now we're in a relationship, you know, and I think for me that's a part of dating. That's a part of getting to know the person. So personally, I want to know if they've had some missteps in their in their past when it came when it came down to their relationship, and and, and that will not saying I would counsel them out, but it also you know it, people are human, but I would want to know if they cheated mm-hmm. in the past. Now if they're going to be you know truthful to me, that's another thing. You know what I'm saying? But I think I would want to. So why would you not want to know that information? I mean, I want to know the basis of past relationships, but the details are just not important to me. You know, for example, your relationship with Trinity has nothing to do with my relationship with Trinity. You know, so I don't want anything planted in my mind that's going to, you know, make me base my relationship or my interactions with you off of mm-hmm. your someone else. I want to start completely fresh. I don't need the details. It's not a <laughs> You know, and just because you cheated on John doesn't mean you're going to cheat on me. You know? That's true. I understand. I agree, okay. Kelly. I agree. All right. So anybody okay. else want to tackle that um, that faithful part? Let me hop in here right fast, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first part of your question is, is being faithful hard. And then the second part, give me that one. Well, I, I said being, being faithful hard. That's the topic. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're question and answer, I see. Um, I, <laughs> right. I'll ask That's another question. Okay. So I said, you know, versus the faithful being hard, you know, is being faithful easy? And then I said, then why do so many people cheat? If it is, then why do so many people cheat? Because some people say, oh, it's easy, you know, you know, I love my man, da 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 you know, because I've heard it, and I'm sure we all have heard it, you know, but if so many people are saying that and they believe that faith, being faithful is easy, then why do so many people cheat? And, I, and the other part was, have you, ever, um, have you ever asked your partner if they've always been faithful or even their thoughts on cheating? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer to the question is actually easier than being in the dynamics of the relationship. The best way for me to answer this question is, based on the window of opportunity, given time, place, and attention, anyone and everyone will do anything under the sun, whether they're in a committed relationship of a year or a relationship of 11 years like my partner and I are in. Not mm-hmm. saying cheat on each other. Things have come up in the first three years of our relationship that would have, had we not started off with a good foundation, would have brought anyone to the end of their relationship. I don't regret anything that has happened prior to right now because all of that helped to build the strong relationship that we have now. As a very good friend of mine always says, it's all about the recovery. There can always be an explosion, but what is your recovery? Everything Mm -hmm. that was at the beginning of our relationship, which was the first three to four years, helped to mold the foundation that we have right now. Right now we play, we laugh, we have a great time consistently. 
we had that in the beginning, then we had a storm, and then we now have recovered, and it takes a lifetime to rebuild the trust. It's not about actually having sex with someone else, but it's about getting in an outside relationship with someone other than who you are involved in. Now, you can have sex with anybody, but when you're cheating, you're actually going through the motion of developing feelings with someone. No, neither one of us have ever done that. Yes, in the past, we have both done that on people that we've dated. At our age, of course we have. We're 43 and 44. I'm not going to say we have it. And if we ever break up, I couldn't tell the next person that I have it. So it's all about the recovery is my whole thing. It's not an easy thing to do when it comes to being in a committed relationship, but every day you have to put forth the effort to say, hey, I'm going to control myself because I respect the person that I'm in love with, I respect my relationship, and I expect the same from anyone that I'm in a relationship with. I can't kick it with someone else who's going to possibly give me more because more is not what I'm involved in. More is not what I'm striving to achieve. I'm happy with what I have right now. And because I love that person, I'm content with what I have. If we want more in our relationship, we'll get Mm -hmm. more together. And that's pretty much my answer. Okay, understood. Anyone else? Why people do it? Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's it's based on a window of opportunity. Let's say... My partner going out of town for the next two weeks. We even had a conversation about going to, um, you know, doing different jobs or whatever in different countries. Would you be okay for a year without me? Mm. Now, the first five years of our relationship, that probably would have been an issue. But right now, I'm busy with a job and a career, and then I have hobbies. If she was gone for a year, the time would pass, and because technology is so, oh, my God. Advanced, yeah. It's so advanced right now with our busy schedules, and if you're actually working overseas, you're going to be too busy to do anything else. If I'm Mm -hmm. doing what I'm supposed to do at home, we're always communicating, whether it's Skype or whatever. So I don't think it would be an issue. But you have to have a foundation in your relationship to do all of that. Okay. Mm. Anyone else? Well, I'm gonna say, I'm that gonna was say, deep. It wasn't it? <laughs> that was very <laughs> But, I mean, it's based on 11 years of experience, guys. It's not based on yeah. us just getting together within the past three years. We've had a hiccup in our relationship that the world knew about, but it didn't right. break us. It actually made us better. My feelings were hurt for a very, very long time. Then I had to think about the person that entered into our life. That same person brought us to a church that we still attend. Had I not gone to that church, I wouldn't have been able to recover. I wouldn't be the person that I am right now. So, if I Mike, saying, I have so it's, really a, it's really all about recovery. You can take the worst situation that could ever happen to you. You can come home and catch that person in bed with your spouse, I mean, in the bed with the neighbor. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Bash that person's head in or say or, or or walk out and say, you know what, it's time for me to reevaluate this situation because you have options. You can go to jail or you can walk away. So what, what, what did you say? Somebody called my name. Like, <laughs> I, 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 this is me, uh, Tim. I just had a question for Trinity or anybody else real quick. Okay. Before we're going to is cheating a deal breaker? In a relationship, do you automatically no. cut it off and move on, no. or do you no. work through it? You work through it. You have to work through it. If you are committed to that person, and if you know that person is your soulmate, 
You work through it. It's just that simple. You've kn- I've known based on based mm-hmm. on dating men and women in the past whether or not I was going to stay with the person that I was with regardless I, of a cheating scenario or other things. But when I it came down to this last relationship, it's not a deal breaker for me. There are other I, things I don't that are deal breakers. I'm not going to settle for it. Now you say, hold on, Trinity. Hold on, Trinity. You said, uh, so Tim, you said you do not agree. Is that correct? No, no. This, this is Kobe. I don't agree with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Continue. I, Let I, us know why. I, I, I don't agree with that because when it depends on an individual has the opportunity to mess up and cheat on you once, but if they continue mm-hmm. to do it, that 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 lets you know that that individual is not there to be committed in that relationship. And I want to attack this question from a different point of view because as gay men, we tend to, and not all gay men, but I've been in a relationship where I've been cheated on, and I've also been a cheater, and I can't deny that. But as gay men, we tend to have a sex drive that uh, uh, overrides the temptation by cheating. And for me, a person at the age that I am now, I've kind of overcome wanting to cheat and give in to temptation of wanting to just have sex with individuals uh, just for that moment. But as gay men, we do have those temptations. And when you get in a relationship with an individual and they cheat on you, it hurts so bad that you're torn. It, and like Trinity said, you do need that time to recover. But when you do recover, if it happens again, it's, it's very disrespectful. So I don't think it's something that you can continuously uh, work through to recover from. So if you cheat on me once, fine, let's try to work through it. If you cheat on me twice, it's something that I can't work through. And I, I feel that we are, it's hard to control those temptations sometimes. And it is very hard to be faithful because when you're in relationships and individuals give you the attention that you're not getting at home, it tends to give you the time when you want to say, hey, I'm not getting this at home. Maybe I am going to try to date somebody else, or I am going to live in this moment. And as you said, it's not about the sex. It's about that extra uh, attention you're getting. It's about living in that moment where this individual is giving you the attention that you're not getting at home. You're starting to develop feelings. I do feel like feelings are more cheating than sex, but at the same time, sex is cheating because obviously it's something that I'm not offering you at home that you need to go out in the streets and get. And if I can't fulfill you at home, that means fulfill your sexual fantasies at home, that means you're going to always have that hunger to go out and get that from a different individual. And that's not right to the individual that you so-called love. What, what about this, Kobe, since you, 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 you're speaking more, um, well, you're speaking toward the physical but, you know, most people limit their definition of cheating to physical encounters. But, however, most infidelities don't lead to the physical. Sometimes you often work your way up to that physical point. So what about all those missteps you took on the way there? You know, so what about all those indiscretions you overlooked, ignored, or somehow excused? So I'll give you an example. The extra DM on Twitter, the inappropriate like on a Facebook picture that you had no business viewing in the first place, or the, hey, how have you been messaged to an ex, even though you're in a new relationship? And then, you know, just in the, as far as, the, you know, being there and, and having someone there, you know, the extra flirtatious laugh with a touch or, you know, like the suggestion of such of getting together and hanging out. 
What about those? Because I consider now, that well. Now, now and I, please I, don't forget the Facebook post. I can relate post. to that. I can relate <laughs> to that because I have, I have been in a relationship, and I still have reached out to my ex. Um, maybe to just say, hey, how you doing? Or maybe to even like a picture of my ex. Though mm. sometimes that is not like that. In, in a harmful manner. Sometimes it is just to say, um, hey, how you doing, or just to like the picture. Now, there are underlying intentions from those posts and maybe mm-hmm. those likes sometimes, sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are you are not getting the attention you want from the person you're with. It's like being with, it's like being in a new relationship and you telling your ex, I miss you. What you're actually saying is I'm not happy with this person that I'm with and I'm still thinking about you and I miss you, so I really hope that me saying I liking your picture or I miss you gives you some inclination that I want to try to get back with you even though I know you may not want me. It's just it's like you said, it's underlined and we don't know how to tell our ex that we really want them back and we're not happy where we at. Julius, I need your answer. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You, said Julius, you said what? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Julius, I need your input, please. Um well, let me just kind of piggyback on what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. I think that one would actually drive themselves crazy if they paid that much attention to every single action their mm-hmm. partner did. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you look at everything as an outlet of cheating, then you would, you would go crazy tripping off your relationship mm-hmm. and learning <laughs> about all the mm-hmm. time. You know, if i got to monitor your likes on Facebook or your likes on Instagram or you messaging people, then, you know, that means that there's really no trust in our relationship. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm speaking from experience. Some of my exes are my closest friends. And after we broke up, that was the end of our relationship, but it didn't tarnish the potential for us to be good friends. So I've been mm-hmm. in situations where I've dated individuals and they've met my exes and known that we've been friends, but, you know, you just have to position in a way in front of them and not in front of them that it's not that type of party and it's hard mm-hmm. for some people to accept that, but at the same time, just because you break up with someone and your ex doesn't mean that you have enemies, doesn't mean that you can't continue to communicate because you built something with that person. And if it wasn't something horribly wrong that you did to one another that caused you to break up, there's no reason for you to have to avoid someone because you're in a relationship. Right. Totally understand. And, and then basically, you know, the, the part that I piggyback on or I asked Kobe, that was really more so because he said he had been the cheater at one point. So that was right, um, right. pretty much geared towards the cheater because I think some people do not r- realize or even really accept the fact that when you do something of that nature, when you do the extra like and the extra DM and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I can see one or two times, but when you're constantly doing that, are you really thinking about the, um, you know, the, the repercussions or the fact that you are in a relationship? But I'm going to stop there because this can go, this particular topic can go a little, you know, further. Did anyone have any final things in regards to this particular um, question or topic before I go to the next one? I'm going to say one, I'll thing. Say one last thing. Oh, okay, and then, okay, so Julius, you have both that. And who's behind Julius? Kobe. Something too. Kobe. Oh, Kobe. Okay, so go ahead, Julius. Kobe, I'm going to give you one okay. minute. So these are my closing remarks on their subject. Um, just as far as it being difficult, I think that it's extremely difficult to be faithful. Like Kobe, I've been on both sides of the equation. I've been cheated on and I've been the cheater. But I think that the easiest way to avoid being in those type of situations 
is really being comfortable with yourself. You have to really know who you are as an individual, what situations you can be in, and what situations you can't put yourself in. And mm-hmm. if you know that about yourself, then it will be a lot easier for you not to get in that type of situation. But sometimes we go into scenarios Mm -hmm. knowing that we're the type of person that is easily tempted and we give Mm -hmm. in. And when you know that type of situation, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, there's some individuals that don't know temptation is coming. But, again, Mm -hmm. you know, if you recently got out of a relationship, you know that you're still kind of attracted to your ex, you know they're going to be somewhere at the same time, you're putting yourself in an awkward situation. And sometimes you have to avoid those situations in order to conquer it. Okay. Hey, Kobe, go ahead. Uh, Julian basically um, said exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's all up to the individual who, when you've um, been a cheater and you've been cheated on, it's more of being comfortable with yourself and being comfortable with the individual you're with because being that you've been cheated on and you're a cheater, it's hard to have trust in anyone that you're going to date because you're always looking from your aspect that you've cheated and you're always looking into that person to see if they have those same flaws or those tendencies or doing the same things that you did when you were cheating on the person that you're with. And if you see any little sign of that, you tend to want to accuse them of cheating because I've done it. Um, And they may not even be cheating. It's just the insecurities inside of yourself because you've been the person that was cheating on someone. All in all, if you can let go of the insecurities within yourself from being cheated on as well as being a cheater, mm-hmm. overcome that, and you won't have those um, tendencies to distrust uh, the individuals that you're dating. All right. Thank you so very much. That was a lovely topic. Um, and I will not share my thoughts because we need to go to the next question. So the next, <laughs> the next topic is, is arguing a natural part of being in a relationship. Again, the topic slash question is, is arguing a natural part of being in a relationship? So here's my broader questions that I'll ask. And, yes, they are a lot, so don't tell me that they're a lot. I know that they're a lot, but you guys are doing good, so here they are. Can you genuinely remove arguing from a relationship, or do you believe arguing is a natural, a natural, excuse me, or, yeah, can you genuinely remove arguing from a relationship, or do you believe Arguing is a natural part of a healthy relationship. What happens if you find arguing um, detrimental, but your partner finds it natural? And what's the difference between an argument and a debate? I'll, I'll I'll ask you this question one more time. I know there were a lot. Can you genuinely remove arguing from a relationship? Or do you believe arguing is a natural part of a healthy relationship? What happens if you find arguing detrimental, but your partner finds it natural? And what's the difference between an argument and a debate? So let's start with the first one. Can you genuinely remove arguing from a relationship, or do you believe that arguing is a natural part of a healthy relationship? And I'm going to ask Timothy Jackson, a.k.a. Kearney Mondegatin, to start, please. I would say hell no. <laughs> why I say hell no Because there's so much that you deal with In a relationship that there's no way That you cannot argue If there is a point where you Ever find yourself not arguing In a relationship That means there's a lot of secrets going on And some shit ain't right Okay, Chris uh, I agree I agree I, I think arguing is natural I don't think arguing has to be aggressive, though. It doesn't have to be nasty. It doesn't have to lead to a big fight. 
but there are going to be disagreements. And and unless someone is just going to be completely unhappy and never speak their mind the entire relationship, then there's going to be arguments. Anyone else? Just on that first question. Mm -hmm. I think we all pretty much agree on that one. Oh, y'all pretty much agree on that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're going to always argue. Okay. So so what happens if you find, and I'm just saying hypothetically speaking, maybe you guys have different views, I'm sure, but let's say you're the person that actually finds, or, you know, there's somebody, um, John A., he finds that arguing is detrimental. But John B. finds that, you know, it's natural to him. So, I mean, what do they do? How does that work out? Well, I think that actually goes back to dating. You know when you're dating someone, when you're pushing their buttons and things that they that you're going to accept and they're not going to accept. For example, if snoring is a deal breaker when it comes to a relationship, if somebody is waking you up at 4 o'clock in the morning and they're snoring and you say, babe, um, you need to get those nose strips in, if this person jumps up and snaps on you, that's the end of the relationship. But if the person says, oh, okay, no problem, let's go in the morning and get them. Then you can see that this person's a reasonable, intelligent, and they're willing to concede or at least willing to compromise with you. I'm so serious. Stop laughing. I love the analogy. I love the analogy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, we do. You know, when you're dating, when that person spends the night, if something pops off, let's say you, you walk into the club and you see your ex, and you say, oh my God, that's my ex, let me go speak. If this person snatches your hand and says, no, hell, you're not, you with me, then it's like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know I'm with you, come on. You know, I just want to speak. Then you know right then this person is a fool. So you know in the beginning of the relationship what type of um, argument, whether it's detrimental or whether it's a natural reaction. And if it's a detriment to your health, you need to let it go. Okay. Anyone else? I a little bit. That's that's kind of familiar to me because my partner is very expressive. He feels like if we have a we need to discuss it at the moment, and we need to. Mm-hmm. I'm more like, okay, I'm sorry, you sorry. Let's watch TV. You know, what I'm saying? right, right. But I think I think you have to understand the intent of your partner. He feels like we discuss so that it doesn't repeat itself. So I find the balance and I respect that. And you know what I'm saying? And when I can when I can't give in, then we discuss it and we get over it. But I think it's just about understanding your partner's intent behind wanting to discuss the issue. If it's someone that just wants to argue for the sake of arguing, then no. Cut it, I ain't talking, going to bed. You know, but if it's a deeper meaning, if it's with true and sincere intent to better your relationship, then I think it's okay. Okay. Anyone else want to tackle that before I go? Uh I like to argue. Um, And I was in a relationship where the individual did not want to argue. They did not want to talk about any other things that happened that we needed to discuss. They Mm -hmm. was more like the the nonchalant. It was like, okay, it happened. It's over. You're sorry. I'm sorry. But I want to argue about it. I want to debate. I want to know... Why did it happen? What are we going to do to resolve it? Is it going to happen again? I'm more of a person like, let's get into this discussion and figure out what's going on. And for me to date someone that is 
Like me and my ex didn't have an argument for the whole first year, and it drove me crazy. I don't know if I'm crazy because that drove me crazy, but it drove me crazy because he wouldn't have those discussions with me. He was very laid back. It was like I could have did something wrong, and he would say, okay, you did that, I'm, and I would say, I'm sorry about it, and he'd be okay with that. I would want him to challenge me on that. I don't know if it was something that I was missing inside of myself or something that he just didn't want to be combative with me. So, okay. But it, so, can somebody make understand what that is? Mm-hmm. You, you asked us a question now. Say that again, Micah? No, I think he asked us a question. I am. So can somebody, can someone make me understand why is it that I needed those moments where I wanted this individual to take get to the next level? It was like they didn't want to go there with me, but I really wanted to argue. Let's, let's challenge. Yeah, let's challenge to, Julius on that. Julius, answer that, please. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I understand exactly where folks are coming from because I'm trying to argue well. Um, I'm the same type of person when something occurs. You know, I wanted to communicate, 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 and get my point across. And then, but I still do want to understand the other person's point as well. Um, but I think it all just boils down to communication being the basis of any relationship. Um, in order to have a successful relationship, you have to be able to communicate with one another. And some people don't communicate the same way. And if you can't meet in a common place, then most of the time it ends in an unsuccessful relationship. But the biggest thing to also understand, kind of just go back to what Trinity said, is that dating piece and that understanding every time you transition into a relationship doesn't mean it's going to last forever. And sometimes you have to, you know, be a man and just say, well, hey, you know, this is the issue that I'm having. You know, obviously we're not compatible in this way and we can't communicate effectively. We may not need to be in a relationship together. And so, you know, you're better than I am probably because I don't think I could have went a whole year without having an argument and still being with somebody. Your your patience is much better than mine. But, you know, again, it just goes back to you having to be able to communicate with your partner. And if you guys don't communicate the same way and can't come to some type of compromise, then, again, it just kind of ends in an unsuccessful situation. Okay. But isn't um, it part of communicating knowing when to shut the hell up, though? You know, like, that's, that's the part of communication, knowing when to shut up, when to let it go. When they keep the pass the remote control. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything can't be a detailed conversation. I'm not going to argue with you, you know what I'm saying, every detail. If you're going to continue, if I know that I'm going to be with you, you know you're going to be with me, I'm sorry, you sorry, it's over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That don't, that but that don't, that don't, that I, I, I have to be with someone that accepts that. And the person that you'll have a successful relationship with will be okay with that. But and I, that are not okay with that. I'll say this, um, when it comes down to arguing, I do not like to argue, and I can argue with a bitch on the street any day. You know, Facebook, I I argue with you down. I don't care. But when it comes down to my lover, when it comes down to my lover or the person I'm dating, that's something that I just choose not to do. Um, I'm a firm believer, um, and this is something that I talk to anybody that I'm dating, getting to know, or whatever. There's a disclaimer, and when it comes down to argument, I'm going to let you know. I do not like to argue. I do not like, I don't even like to stress out. You see what I'm saying? So my thing is, especially if we live together, but let's me that you know that. If we're together, by, if we argue at 10 o'clock about whatever it is, by 12 o'clock, by the time I lay my head down on that pillow and I'm going to sleep, it will be resolved. 
because, and that's just how I've always been. I'm not going to wake up with that stuff on my head. Anyway, I, I just, so I, I kind of get, with Kelly, it's like, you know, with Chris, it's like, hey, look, let's, okay, yeah, we got it. Okay, can we go ahead and watch TV now? I'm the same way. I don't like that stuff to be in my head. So I don't understand how people can continue an argument. You know, when you want to continue and continue, it just goes on and on and on. That just fesses okay. me. <laughs> no, you know, amicable resolution. That means you went to bed, I went to bed, and I don't feel like it was resolved. So when I wake up in the morning, you can go to work mad because I need to, I need to resolve it. Well, 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 Kobe. This is what we're gonna do for you because we have to move on to the next question. But what we're gonna, do, <laughs> um, what we're going to do for you, we're going when everybody listens to this podcast, I want them to respond directly to your question because I know it's a lot of them that are out there like you. So going to the next question. <laughs> oh. Is your significant other, and this has to be really quick because we have to, we have our advice from the panel section, and that needs to be really quick. But is your significant other entitled to your social media passwords in a committed relationship? Hold on. In your in committed relationships. An example, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, MySpace, if you guys still use it. Um, just give me, you know, what are your thoughts? That's all I need. What are your thoughts? And then. Yeah. That's a simple yes. They have the Go ahead, Trinity. Tell me. It's, it's a simple yes for me because, for one, at this stage in the game, after 11 years, so many people on both sides of the spectrum have inboxed us and texted us. Mm-hmm. We laugh at it now. Now, it, it might have caused an issue, again, within the first five years, but now, girl, guess what inbox me? Girl, guess what they said? So, yeah, at this point, it's okay. Okay, Timothy Jackson. This is a tough question. I'm actually on the fence about my answer. I really just don't know. I feel that there should be a level of trust in a relationship to where you don't even need to ask me for my password or anything. However, if you did come to me at uh, any point at a certain time, ask me for my password, I should be able to give it to you. Um, I, I, I'm just really up in the air about this. I'm like, I, I don't, I can't choose on if it's right or if it's wrong. But okay. I would say if I was in a relationship, I would give it up if, if need be. But other than that, I feel like it's kind of sort of a violation of privacy if you don't trust me or you're going to seek or find something that, you know, to go look for something that you probably don't want to see or whatever. I, I just, I'm, this, y'all can handle that because I'm out of here. All right, Kobe, you're going to be the last one to talk on this one. Um, Chris, <laughs> Chris McKinley? <laughs> yes? Yeah, what, what, is your, um, what are your thoughts? Oh, no, definitely not. Now, okay. my boyfriend is entitled to my business, yes, mm-hmm. but every message I have is not my business. What if one of my friends is inboxing me and we're having a personal conversation about his business? Uh, her, right. or her and my boyfriend may not be privy to that conversation. So mm-hmm. uh, we still allow mm-hmm. private conversations. We're just not allowed inappropriate conversations. Julius? That's what I'm saying, Kelly. Julius? You agree? Okay. All right. And Kobe Black? No. I, All I right. Bottom line. Thank you. Let's move on. Let's bottom move on. <laughs> Let's move on to the Bottom line. Let's move on to the advice from the panel. Uh, we have some questions for each and every one of you. And if you can, how many minutes do I have? Uh, I'll give you all one minute to ask that, you know, answer the question, okay? So 
we're going to start with Chris McKinley, a.k.a. Kelly Ross Hall, a.k.a. Ken. Um, <laughs> one thing that's difficult for me in relationships is hanging on to me. It seems that once I get close to someone, I give in and accommodate so much that there's nothing left of me. What advice would you give? Okay. That's very tricky because you have to find a balance. You want to be accommodating. You want to make your two separate lives one whole. But at the same time, you want to make sure that whole is composed of two completely individual people. I believe we're all put here to teach each other stuff. So what can my lover teach me if he has adjusted his life to be of my liking? What can I learn from that relationship? Nothing. You know, so you have to hold who you are for the longevity, for the life, and just for the, the extra knowledge in your relationship. So, yeah, stick true to who you are. Accommodate, you know, and be bending, but also, you know, remain true to the person that your lover fell in love with. All right. Thank you so very much. Trinity Jones, I seem to get into the same pattern in all of my relationships. I get afraid of losing my partner. Then we get into a big argument and break up in anger. Sometimes I even think I may have picked the fight just because I'm scared to keep the relationship going. Does this make any sense? What advice would you give to me for future relationships? No, this does not make any sense. But what I will say <laughs> in the future, pick your battles. Pick your battles wisely. It's, all arguments aren't meant to go on and on and on, and all arguments aren't justified you wanting to break up within a relationship. When you get into a new relationship, you want to start off doing different things. You want to develop new patterns and new mm-hmm. trends so okay. that you can't say, oh, my gosh, we used to always on Friday night go to the movies. Don't go to the movies on Friday night with a new person. Go on a Saturday morning or go on a Sunday afternoon. But you want to create fun, different, fresh ideas just to keep your relationship new and fun and exciting for you so that you, too, can have a long and lasting relationship like me. All right, thank you, Two Snaps for that, Mr. Mr. Um, Kobe Black. What what is it that people think? Oh no, excuse me. Why is it that people think you can't date an ex of theirs when you weren't friends when they were a couple? Hmm. I really can't answer this question. Um. I <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer this question, but. Basically, I think that individuals think that you can't date their ex. But it really depends on if you're going to become friends with this person whose ex you're dating. Because if I never become your friend and I'm dating your ex, then who to do? It's your ex, I'm dating him. But if I do become friends with you and I'm dating your ex, obviously it didn't work for you. It might work for me. And if it don't work for me, oh, well. I've been in a situation where I've dated one of my friends' ex, it works for me, it's still working for me, and hopefully it continues to work for me. All right, that's going to be on the next show. Uh, Julius Morris, <laughs> how do I overcome loneliness and regain a positive outlook when it pertains to dating? Um, well, I guess that's really two parts of the question. So as far as overcoming loneliness, it really depends on the individual, but I just tell people to kind of lean upon their friends and their families in that type of situation. If they really are feeling alone and they really want to be in a relationship with someone, excuse me, um, that's really the time to spend, you know, with your friends, going out, hanging out, um, spending quality time with your family. If you're a religious person, it may be something you want to pray about. 
um, going to church and just, you know, finding a hobby to kind of take up some of your time. Some people mm-hmm. even get, you know, overindulged in their work um, to just try to pass time until that next opportunity comes. Um, mm-hmm. As far as having a positive outlook on dating again, um, I think the best thing is to just always be open-minded. Um, you have to be able to be comfortable putting yourself out there, networking with people and meeting new people and possibly becoming friends with people first because sometimes the best relationships blossom from a friendship with individuals, and it's really important to not carry your baggage from previous relationships into your next relationship. It's important to take the knowledge that you've gained and the lessons that you've learned, but you can't bring baggage into the relationship. So um, that could, you know, yield a successful dating experience for you. All right. Well, Michael Lord, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. My partner and I, <laughs> my partner and I, seem to be coming from different worlds. Sometimes it's pretty frustrating. What can we do about it? Now, yeah, I do know that I was prepared for this, um, so just you know, it, it'll take me a minute. Um, I believe it's, it's, it's normal for <laughs> no, yes, no, 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 no. You guys had your questions, and I had mine. So now it's normal <laughs> for partners to have different needs. I believe in at least a few areas, you know, such as like spending time with each other um, or spending time with, each, with others versus spending time with each other, um, wanting quality time together versus needing to be alone, or going out to the club versus going to a nice restaurant, a movie, or et cetera. I believe that you should just tell your partner directly whatever it, whatever it is that you want or need, basically saying, I would really like to spend a long time with you tonight, nothing's wrong with that, rather than expecting them to know already. So, you know, I don't want you to come out to them and be like, oh, well, if you really care for me, then you would have, you would know what I want. You know, sometimes they don't. So it's okay to tell your partner exactly what you need. Um, setting aside time to discuss unresolved issues, especially when you're coming from different worlds, you just have to really set aside, uh, excuse me, set aside time to discuss those unresolved issues. You know, I'm feeling really comfortable about this, and um, would you like to talk about this, or what is an agreeable time for you? Um, because sometimes we have busy schedules as partners or whatever, so versus pouting, and I, I'm known for it, my exes can tell you, um, I will pout, I will give them the silent treatment, um, and then whenever I'm ready to discuss, I do, and I think that's that's just the wrong way to do it. Um, but I also believe that, you know, there's a certain thing called fair fighting. You know, use a sort of language. Avoid name calling. Stop. Don't hit below the belt. Stay in the present. Don't dwell on the past. Listen actively. Actively listen. Um, express back to your partner what you understand his or her thoughts to be. So I'm sure if you guys ever, you know, worked in a call center, you will say, well, for what I understand, you want blah, 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 or you need this. Do that with your partner as well. And at the end, if you are wrong, fuck it, admit it. You know, that, that, those are my, you know, my thoughts and concerns and um, advice to whoever asks the damn question. All right, and the next or the last person is Mr. Timothy Jackson. Even when we're communicating well in other areas, my partner and I often get bogged down when it comes to talking about sex. I often feel we have very different expectations in this area. What's your advice? Well, my advice would be just to sit down with your lover or the person you're dating and make sure you guys discuss you guys' expectations sexually. During the conversation, you guys should uh, stay open-minded and listen carefully to each other's expectations. You are not going to agree with everything that each other says, expectations, but that's what compromising in a relationship comes mm-hmm. uh, in place. Mm-hmm. Um, by conclusion, make sure you have a complete understanding of the conversation uh, of both of you guys' expectations. 
And I feel like immediately after the conversation, if you guys prepare, you should just go right for it and test it out and see how it works out, and then you'll know if this is it for you or not. All right. Well, thank you so very much. I mean, I really think that we started off to a good debate and an open discussion when it pertains to not only relationships, but gay, quote-unquote, relationships. And, and like Trinity said, you know, they're basically the same thing. I mean, there's really no difference. But trust me, this topic is not over by far. Um, I'm very big on getting different perspectives. So in January, I will have a part two with four or five other individuals to take on other deep, pressing issues surrounding relationships in our community. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Trinity, Chris, Timothy, Kobe, and Julius for taking the time out to speak with me and share your concerns and advice with the LGBTQ community. Um, I'm excited to get the feedback that I'm sure we'll get after it's posted um, today. So thank you guys and gals for an interesting discussion. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And I hope that you all have a wonderful night and a blessed rest of the week. All right, like really cunt, right? Thank you guys so very much, listeners, for listening. I just had to add this little piece. Um, to the very end, I know this is a long, I tried, man, I tried to do 45 minutes, it didn't work, it didn't work, this is so good, but we spoke about gay relationships, again, I want to thank Chris McKinley, I want to thank Trinity, I want to thank Kobe, I want to thank Julius, and I want to thank Tim, thank you, thank you, thank you, but I did say that in January, we're going to have another podcast, um, and like a part two, but I'm really, really feeling very inclined to go ahead and do our part two next week. I was going to wait because of Christmas and all of that's coming around, but I'm going to go ahead and we're going to tape it on Monday. We're going to air it on Tuesday. Um, it won't be, it may not be the same individuals. I don't think it's going to be um, because we need to do some really uncut, really dirty, really get in your closet type ish. Okay. And not saying that those individuals can do that. But I'm going to get some individuals that are not in any relationships, that are currently just dating, and can really speak about that, that stuff that we, don't want to, that we don't want people to know, but we're okay with letting people know because we're living in our truth. That's, that's, that's what we're doing in 2014, living in our truth. So thank you guys who were on the round table. Appreciate it. Hope everyone loved it. And just Stay tuned for next week's podcast, Uncut, Very Real, Dirty, Nasty, Grimy Talk about relationships, the things we do, why we do it, and when we do it. All right. Okay. Well, here we go. We're going to go ahead and end with, like, really, really cunt, cunt, cunt by B. Ames. And, again, you know, You've heard a lot of the, the ballroom and the, the voguing music, but it's really a, a celebrity, you know, we're, we're celebrating the life of Tony Icon Milan. How about that? All right. Enjoy. Have a great day. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>